Welcome to the Peace at Home podcast. I'm your co-host, Senan. And I'm Jamie. And uh, our music is by Jordan. And Ben is away for non-drug-taking purposes. That's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if anyone hears, if anyone sees Ben doing something weird, that's just how they are. Nothing to do with any substances or anything like that. Yeah. Just getting that out there now. Police do not interact. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is going to be great. Because, uh, all right, yeah, I've mentioned, this is going to be a bit like a bonusy main episode, I think. It's going to be, it's going to have a bit of a bonus vibe to it. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, because, you know, we've mentioned in the bonus, my friend who makes, like, a fuck ton of money from, you know, uh, the, the, like, rendering drawings the, of the a grot, set. Yeah. The grot, yeah. Yeah, the grot makes a fuck ton of money from it. They're, um, they have on their, like, uh, on the, all their social medias, right? MDNI. And I was like, yeah. MDNI. It's like, oh, minors do not interact. Right. Okay. And I was like, poli- <laughs> I'm just now imagining us having police do not interact as our, like, tag on all of our, like, social medias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just an anti cop move. Just get it as a number plate and then you're allowed to ram raid. That's right. Yeah. So this, I guess it, it's kind of like I had custody of Ben and now I've got custody of Jamie. I guess yeah. that's kind of the vibe for these two. So I explained all the build-up to the, to the event with Ben, and now I have to describe the event to Jamie, and then I will have to now explain the event, the build-up to the event to Jamie, and then explain the event to Ben next time. <laughs> oh, what is this? What is this podcast format? What are we, like... <laughs> it, just, it can just never work, you know? Like, Yeah. Well, some people might say we should be better at planning, but... I invite those people to come and do the fucking podcast for us if they're so concerned. That's right. Yeah, come to my flat and do the podcast for me. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dox myself over this. I don't think. Yeah. I was like fifty-fifty on saying my address or my phone number. <laughs> like, not sure. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> no, don't do not come. Oh, to be fair, some of the listeners do know where I live because they live in Nottingham and have had drinks with me. But still, like, don't don't come here. <laughs> Yeah, go to Derby instead. Yeah, go to Derby, the prospective seat of the Nottingham Derby Merrill area, except it's not, because obviously Nottingham's the bigger and more important city of the two. So that's where all the important people will live. Yeah, suck at Derby. Yeah, exactly. Derby, Derby's like, it is a fucking shell, to be honest. I will, I will, I will sort of like come clean and admit that I do think Derby's a bit of a shithole. And and I think that and I think it being a shithole does explain why routinely it is like the only place in the country that elects like reform party or UKIP councillors. Yeah. Like you know like in twenty seventeen when like UKIP got wiped off the face of the fucking planet at the like local elections. Aye. Yeah, the Derby like they had gains in Derby that year. <laughs> cause cause it's Derby. You know, like Real but- real swings and roundabouts vibe for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they came to it late, I guess. <laughs> like, Dar- Darby is forever, like, a few years behind the rest of the country politically. It's a very strange place. Uh, I think they're trying to do the sort of wanky gentrification stuff that's going on in the East Midlands, but it just doesn't take there. Yeah. Because it's just fucking terrible, and... Uh, yeah, anyway. I say that, like, Nottingham's much better. Nottingham's definitely got worse since I moved here, but that's probably mainly me and nothing else. <laughs> They like I was chatting to Nick, the infamous Nick, the accountant, in in my Discord, 
As we're talking about the old angel getting uh, gentrified, which deeply upset both of us. En- enough, enough about pubs. We need to. I need to explain the build-up to the event to Jamie. So Jamie, yeah. uh, you you probably don't know about the build-up to the 1971 Turkish military coup. No. Well, actually, we're going to talk about whether it was actually a coup or not. But you don't know the build-up to the to the army telling the government that it had to change government immediately. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the quick summary of it. Uh, there's basically constant low-level military, vi- uh, like uh, you know, political violence between the left and the right. Uh, there's an event called Bloody Sunday that happens. Uh, we have one too in Turkey. Actually, Turkey technically has two Bloody Sundays. Just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, they 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 love Bloody Sunday so much they had a second one. The, the unrest got so bad that For, like four thirty-four a.m. going back for more Bloody Sunday. <laughs> Was it that Boris Johnson column? They, you know, when they were like our erudite new like uh, columnist, and then Boris Johnson came out with, "I thought this miracle drug would stop me from snacking on chorizo, but it would stop <laughs> me from snacking on bloody Sundays." <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah, uh, so yeah, universities uh, had to close. Uh, there's martial law. Uh, there, but like just. As the start of the like political violence happens, uh, Suleiman Demirel uh, wins. They win. The Justice Party wins a big landslide, and they're like, "Well, okay, so here's the deal. We're going to try and solve the po- the like political crisis and all of the violence on the street." Except their yeah. party split into like a million <laughs> pieces as they tried to solve the problems. You could say Suleiman Demirel tried to change the things that needed to be changed, and that was the change he brought about, but it didn't work. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like obsessed with that quote again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fucking, it's a uh, like very illustrative fucking uh, statement about the politics of our age, I think. Yeah, and, and also to be honest about this very specific period in Turkey, because like nothing could get done. Like literally nothing. The government could not do anything at all. Like it was over. There's no, there's no, there's no governing to be done. In I mean, this that sounds like every government ever. Am I right? Yeah. I got news for you, music. Got him, yeah. Oh, fucking, I'll, I'll put the music in. <laughs> it's just, I, I like how I say that. Like, I resent myself for yeah. for like being like, I'm gonna have to find. Have I got news for you? Music has it even changed since I was a kid? I don't, I don't know. know. Ask, ask David. David has a drop that he can play on <laughs> Texas Cast. It's what's known as the strop drop. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, so there's so there's this um, so basically the, the the main party, the centre right party, just starts splitting and it has all this beef going on, and then there's still this low level violence going on, and then what happens is there are now urban and rural guerrillas in the country, which is a really really good uh, really really good sign of a healthy functional democratic system, which is that the government 
that has stopped being able to change the things that need to be changed. Oh, also, I should throw in there, uh, Jamie, that one of the parties that split from the Justice Party, uh, it was called the Democratic Party. Of so course. just, just FYI, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just in case you were wondering whether there was a party with that name, yes, of course there was. <laughs> what a fucking why? Why keep doing this to me? It's it's mainly me who's being screwed by this, by the way, because I because the, it's the Democrat Party, Democratic Party. Then there's another Democrat Party now, and another Democratic Party. Yeah, the democracy party. Yeah, like you, I have to be fair to the um to the Turkish people naming their political parties. They do pick like the obvious names to pick, like that party that's called the Good Party. Yeah, it's like fucking banging, like you know SEO and like you know marketing and stuff. Awful bastards in that party, though. Fucking worst pricks imaginable. So they, you could say they're the bad party, if you will. Yeah. Damn. Got them. Yeah. That's that's like less eating quality of comedy right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is coming out like the day after we record, actually. So yeah, this will be relevant. The like kids starver shit will yeah. still be it will still be like super because normally we record this like a week before, and by then the discourse has moved on to the new insane thing. So like if we'd recorded this when we were meant to record it, we would be like making jokes about like we'd still be calling the fucker Keith. And then kids, yeah. and then kids, Starver would have come out, and we would have just looked like fucking dinosaurs. Well, lucky, True. yeah, kids, Starver, KC. The KC stands for killing children. Cacao. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is about that policy. It's just like, it's just like clicked something in my brain where I'm like, oh, I don't give a shit about my Twitter account anymore. I'm just gonna go full like, yeah. <laughs> like studs up into every single thing I see now. Welcome like, to the hashtag resistance. Yeah, I know. I just, it's just like something's clicked in my brain where I'm like, oh, I'm on Blue Sky. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. it. So I was like, so I did this, I did the tweet about like where you could, where I was like, you could have either, you know, not prosecuted Jimmy Savile or starved children, but both is a bit far. <laughs> you know, you know, like, I'm just like fully leading into just every insane thought now. I, I love it. I mean, not, you, every, not every insane thought, because I saw a guy on Twitter the other day saying cancer was good for you. I'm sorry. That's a what? Cancer was good for you. Yeah. That's a, that's real, like, you know that, like, painting of the, the free speech painting of the guy just saying the dumbest shit imaginable? That is literally that guy who's, like, never did me any harm. Yeah. You know? I, it's literally it. It was like, do you know what I mean? People with cancer don't get sick until they try and, like, fight the cancer. No, but the they do get... actually The cancer's actually... They live perfectly normal lives with cancer. It's just your body, like, pushing itself to heal or some shit. Like, cancer makes your body adapt and overcome, and that's why it's good for you, and you shouldn't do chemo, because that, like, makes people sick. That doesn't make any sense. That, like, I, no, like, they, not, don't, they, nothing, don't they don't understand the how cancer was, works. <laughs> like, nothing the guy was saying made any sense at all. Like, it's sun cream that gives you melanoma, not, like, not the sun. Uh, Vaccines uh, cause, like, all kinds of horrific injuries, but not, like, not COVID. You know, just that. Like, oh, I saw a thing on. Uh, I saw a thing that like COVID might cause prion disease, <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, oh, please let that be true, so that the British get what they deserve again. <laughs> We're gonna have another fucking wave of prion disease in the UK, of course. Like, I don't know. The thing is, like, I don't know what to make of any of the COVID-related uh, things that get posted because I'm just like, half of the fucking population seem to have been driven insane one way or another about it. So I'm just like, I don't know what to fucking believe. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ignore it, and that's gonna be fine. I think. 
Probably. Yeah, just hide under a big pile of coats, and I'm sure it'll all blow over soon. Exactly. That's that is basically the 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 British like emergency yeah. advice for nuclear weapons. By the way, everyone. Yeah. Like that is what you're meant to do. Yeah, in the fucking like three microseconds when like between the the bomb like going off and being vaporized, hang a bunch of sheets over your windows. You're not You'll have like ten minutes, but yeah, it is essentially a microsecond. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you're, what you're meant to do is you're meant to find the lowest place in your in your house, build like a special shelter out of like chairs and like jumpers and shit, and then hide from the nukes there. Problem is, I live in a fucking flat. Yeah, well. So the lowest place in my in my uh, in my flat is the fourth floor because that's where I live. So mm. I, I, you have to go to a room without windows or glass, which means it'd be the bathroom. <laughs> you're just doxing yourself by degrees here, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> No, people someone, know someone, at MI, someone at MI5 playing a fucking, like, uh, game of Guess Who. Like, <laughs> just, do, they, you know, do they live on the fourth floor? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Does like... their bathroom have any windows? <laughs> why would my bathroom have windows? I live in an apartment block. Anyway, and also, also, why do bathrooms have windows anyway? What, you want people to look at you taking a piss? Are you some kind of pervert? I don't know. Like, I don't want to invite me. I'm not, I'm not a fucking architect. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I fucking hate British art. I hate so you, on the so you can floor. climb out if the toilet catches fire, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Why would the toilet catch fire? Anyway, this is just reminding me of Skibbity <laughs> Toilet now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I've watched the whole thing of it. It's, it's a fucking banger. You know, Gen Alpha, they've, they, they've yeah. found Gmod poops, and I'm really into it, you know? <laughs> I, I just love that, Gary, that Gmod is going to be, like, independently rediscovered by every generation now. Yeah. And it's it's just gonna outlive all of us, which is great. So I just opened, uh, I opened the wrong thing, and I just re- I was about to read the words confetti clip, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> and I realized it's about George Osborne. <laughs> the other script I'm doing. Right, no, we're back. So 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 where were we? <laughs> this is the, for people wondering what the bonuses are like. It's like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sign up. It's That's great. right, sign up. Yeah, the next bonus is going to be great, because all three of us will be there, and no one will be on any drugs. Well, maybe. I might be on some drugs. I mean, prescriptions, be... prescription stuff doesn't count. No, 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 no. no. Uh, or ibuprofen, because I did have to take an ibuprofen before this, because my head is killing me. <laughs> if you're wondering yeah. why I'm just Prescri- distracted. Prescription drugs don't count, and over-the-counter medicines don't count, ironically. Um, yeah, fun- yeah, I should really... Oh, I do still have some caffeine and codeine pills. Not caffeine and codeine. Codeine and paracetamol. Caffeine and codeine would fucking be a really, really <laughs> hellish combo of it. Yeah. Paracetamol and codeine, obviously. Caffeine and codeine. I think I may have just invented a new way to torture my brain there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, I, okay. I mean, you know, you know it's a legit fucking, it's a legit combo if you can imagine Ice-T explaining it to the rest of the cast of Special Victims Unit. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so where we're at is basically the country does not work. Like, there is no governing happening. The government can't pass budgets. The country is engulfed in left-right violence. And the military's looking at this like, huh, this seems bad. And, and which is, you know, an astute observation from one of the finest militaries in, uh, in NATO right there. Yeah. So, the, so yeah, uh, again, very proud of them for looking at the situation and going, this seems suboptimal. You know, you know, like, when the country just ceases to work, I always think, like, you know, 
it's suboptimal. So there was a coup attempt before this, right? Right. Uh, uh, which was uh, hold on, let me see if I could, if this is the correct one because there was a really weird um, sort of okay. So this is so there was a coup attempt before this, and I feel like it deserves its own bonus episode. But to but to sort of give you an idea of what type, there was a a failed coup attempt on the 9th of March, nineteen seventy one which you will note was three days before the successful one on the 12th of March. <laughs> so you get a sense of how good this is going. It's going very well, everyone. Why do you ask? So Just Starting a coup and then immediately going, no, hang on, I fucked this. I'll come back in. Yeah, so there's, there's sort of like a backdrop to this. So you know I mentioned the Democratic Party, right? Um, yeah. Part of the reason Suleiman um, Demerol's government was paralyzed was because a significant so you know that the Justice Party is a successor to the Democrat Party. You know, it's the same fuckers, basically. It's yeah. just the young lot of them in a lot of cases. A lot of this party are like committed, you know, Democrat Party just I was just gonna say Democrat, but that just means Democrats. Um yeah. but like yeah, they're like but they're like really um they really wanted to uh, to pardon uh, Jalabaya and all of his sort of fellow Democrat Party people, you know, like formally pardon them. And uh, Suleiman Demerol basically, because he was trying to uh, trying to pardon them, there was already like kind of rumblings that a military coup would happen. Because remember, in 1960, the military intervened and we're like, okay, we're pressing the restart button. We're going to have a different constitution, arguably a more democratic constitution than the pre-1961. We're going to have this new constitution. We have a list of like aspirational reforms that we want the government to pass that were like okay in context, I guess. And uh, we're going to have proportional representation in parliament. So, you know, you had like, you know, the workers party, like actual socialist parties come in. But you also had like, you know, the fash parties come in. Welcome to proportional representation, everyone. So, but, but like, they fucked it, basically. They completely fucked it. Uh, and uh, proportional representation, it turns out, did not work very well in Turkey, a country where people are prone to never working with anyone who disagrees with them even <laughs> slightly. It turns out that doesn't work very well as a political system. Like, this is a country where people will, in, like, uh, were like, yes, the military should intervene and execute my enemies because yeah. I disagree with them. This seems like a bad idea. This seems, this seems like proportional representation may have been a step too far. Nonetheless, it was what the system was. And, and we talked about it in the last episode, which was, that, which was that what had been happening over the 60s was that the fringe parties were being marginalized in the elected offices, which may have been fueling some of the violence, actually, because if you don't think you have a legitimate democratic path to win or to enact your policies, well, you might find other ways to do it. Yeah. Like like the IRA. Not that I'm saying that that's the same. I'm just saying that like the theory behind it is I, similar. I like that the way you said that there to like implied that someone might like find they don't have do you know what I mean? They don't have a like a, a democratic method to enact their policies and so they hire the IRA. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> if you well, I mean that's what people think Jeremy Corbyn's probably gonna do at the next election, right? He's gonna hire the IRA thugs to help him win Islington North from the from Paul Mason, the Labour candidate, hopefully. Oh, I mean, come, that would be so fucking funny if they if they did no, Paul I, Mason like that. I'm go- I'm going. I'm go. I'm I'm genuinely gonna make a video about that. If like I'm gonna go there and do like a documentary about it. Like <laughs> like I I will delay my trip to Japan if necessary because that is 
it is unmissable. It's an unmissable kind of insane. That is. Yeah. The question is though, like, do the fucking do the Labour briefcase wank have like have that even small amount of posting in them to just like send Paul Mason there because he's guaranteed to lose and it'll be funny? Because yeah, I that's... think they'll they'll just send like some fucking briefcase dipshit that they seriously think might be able to win by like fucking but... talking about how children don't deserve food. So like get, get, get down pit. Yeah, so so like the the person that I think they're eyeing up is like uh is is a sort of local isn't in councillor type. But he's also like a private doctor. So go fucking figure. Uh but yeah. But and and yeah, if the thing is if if Keir Starmer had a sense of humour, he would endorse Paul Mason for that seat. Yeah. He doesn't have a fucking sense of humour. So so back to this failed coup. The idea, so we're going to do a full episode, we're going to do a full bonus about it, because it is, it is wild, and there actually aren't that many, like, good English language sources about this, so I want to do, like, a proper thing where I actually sit down and translate it, not on the fly, so yeah. much. So I want to I wanna actually, like, translate the source about this, but the, the basic idea behind it was, what if we did a left socialist military coup in Turkey, and set up a kind of, like, you know, like Baathism, like, you know, like what Saddam Hussein and Bashar al-Assad are, right? They're Baathists. Right, yeah. Their party is yeah. called the Baath Party. Renaissance, I think, in Arabic. But, the, but Baathism, like, as an original ideology is like pan-Arab socialism. It's, it, it, actually, funnily, if talking about briefcase wankers, the guy, the, like, big brain behind, um, behind Baathism, Michel Aflac, uh, was a Fabian. Um, so, which I think does explain why briefcase wankers are really into defending the Iraq war and constantly want to, like, bomb Damascus, is because they feel like it's their baby that's gone wild. Yeah. Like, that might be it. But anyway, look, the the, the ideological origins of Baathism, you know, not the scope of the podcast, but they want to start that kind of, sort of, authoritarian, left-leaning sort of government in Turkey. Which, uh, it turns out the, uh, the army, the senior officers in the army, did not like. They didn't like that. So that so it didn't work. I, I, the long story of it, the short story of it, it didn't work. We'll get into the actual story in a bonus episode, because I think, like, actually talking about an attempted left-wing coup in a country like Turkey is super interesting. But it's maybe not for today. Yeah. Because we need to talk about the successful coup. And the successful coup... So we have this backdrop, right, of just this horrible instability, recession, uh, a lot of different political movements were being formed, right? So you would have, like, you know, we talked about the fascists in the, in the last bonus episode, and we're going to talk about the communists in the next one, right? But a, yeah. lot of these, a lot of these movements were beginning to be formed, and some of these, I neglected to mention this the last one, there were also uh, sort of, like, Kurdish student movements as well. And actually, this is another bonus episode because it involves a court case. And oh, you know how much, and you know how much we love Turkish court cases. Actually, technically, yeah. it's a military tribunal, but I'm filing it under court case. I mean, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, like it's a military tribunal, and it uh, and it involves one of the funniest arguments in history. Like, link like linguistic phrenology arguments and i i'm just i'm super into it but we're teasing we're just teasing future <laughs> bonuses because it's so fucking funny like but anyway yeah the, the kurdish student movements as well 
obviously existed and a uh, very notable person, Abdullah Öcalan, remember the name? He took part in some of their activities too. Uh, that is the, uh, the former leader of the PKK uh, in Turkey. Well, in Turkey, Iraq, etc. But he's, he's no longer the leader. He's imprisoned in Turkey, kept on an island all on his own, which is probably torture, to be honest. A what, form like of fucking torture. Magneto or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, legit. Like, he's on Imrala, which is a prison island. Uh, and, yeah, like, he, 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 the only visitors he really gets are, like, occasionally, like, MPs who come, you know, like, they come and make sure he's not being treated like, you know, beaten yeah. every day or whatever. Or, or, like, his lawyer, basically. And he sends out public messages through his lawyer. Because obviously, like, how the fuck else are you going to do it, right? And, and yeah, he's kept on his own. No, no, actually, he's not kept on his own anymore, I don't think. I have to double-check that, because there was a thing at one point where they're like, we're going to keep him in the pr- on the island, but we're going to have three other people on the island in prison as well. And it's like, but that doesn't really, like, improve it massively. But they, they found, like, the one crease in the human rights law where they're like, we'll just find three fuckers and put them in with him, I guess. <laughs> Like, just like, it's such like a fucking big brain solution to the problem. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about Abdullah Öcalan, obviously, later. But there's just, a, there's so much to do for this podcast, isn't there? There's still <laughs> so much. Like, yeah. it, it feels like we've done so much, but we still have so much. So. It's just a lot of history. It is. So the backdrop is, you know, left are doing a lot of, like, you know, bombing attacks, kidnappings, robberies, and the right are also doing bombing attacks, kidnaps, and robberies, including bombing, like, random fucking professors who are like, maybe the government is not good, and they just bomb his house. Like, this is the future Keir Starmer wants, I think. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. But there, there's a lot of far-right violence, and... Suleiman Demerol just can't, he can't fucking, he can't fucking govern. He can't pass budgets. Universities are all closed. Like, American soldiers are being kidnapped. Like, they're being kidnapped by, like, urban guerrillas, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the, Ameri- the Americans famously uh, don't mind when that happens. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to see if the one, I, the, the particularly famous event I'm thinking about, um happened no it happened after the coup okay so the particularly famous one that i'm thinking of happened after the coup but yeah there's a there's a lot going on right and you know there's a religious party that also split from the fucking justice party who are like actually we want to abolish secularism and have a caliphate but when before they were kind of pretending they didn't want that yeah. so now so now the army is pissed off just generally they're looking. Um, the the best way I could summarize it is, you know, there's that picture of the um, of the Turkish uh, Airlines pilot getting uh, hijacked. Yeah, and yeah. he's just like, look at this fucker. Like yeah. that's basically <laughs> what the military's like. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> that's such a great picture as well. Yeah, just it's just this fucking guy. Yeah, it's I mean? it's such like it's such like it's like a mannerism that I could imagine any member of my family doing. Just be like, look at this motherfucker, and they're all just having a good time. Clearly, yeah. Remember when the hijackers were polite? Yeah, they were. They were very, very polite. Uh, and also, I should say that there is like a longer background. So obviously, we talked about the 1960 coup. Turkey's military has a stake in the 1960 constitution working right because they're the ones who imposed it on the country so they have a stake in wanting this particular system to work and not be like this 
Because otherwise they look like pricks, basically. Which they do, they look like pricks anyway, but they look like more prickish if they're like, if the thing that they, like, executed a former, uh, what, a former prime minister for doesn't fucking work, then you look like a bit of a cunt, basically. Yeah. So, so they're, they're a bit like, uh, we need, we're invested in the 1960 system, or what I'm going to call the 1960 system, because I keep reading about, like, the LDP. But I keep reading about Japan for some reason. Who knows? Um, but they need, but they need the reform path of reform in 1962 work. So that so there's like a officer class that is invested, which is part of the reason why when they, when those like guys were like, why don't we do Baathism or you know like a left socialist military dictatorship? They were like, first of all, all of them are like Operation Gladio NATO cunts. So they're like, absolutely <laughs> fucking not. First of all. Like, step one, have you, have you gone fucking mad? We're in NATO. We will immediately be invaded by America if we do that. You know? Yeah. Like, but also, like, all of us are fascists. Why would we support a, like, left-wing military coup <laughs> when we're all fucking fascists? Just for, or, the, like, just for the patter? Or, like, they're not even necessarily, like, ideological fascists, but they're fascists in the way that, you know, all liberalism enables the conditions for fascism. They're that kind of fascist. And also some of the largest fascists, like, you know, Ben's favourite person, Arpaslan Turkesh. Famously a fascist, right? Yeah. So, Jamie, I need to, I want to I wanna take a moment here before we get into the events of the coup. Like, what do you, like, when I say to you military coup, like, what do you imagine is happening? What, what do you imagine happens in a military coup? Um, someone drives a tank to the Prime Minister's house and, and just says, like, fucking right hand it over. Yeah, so you'd expect, like, soldiers on the street, right? Yeah. You expect soldiers on the street, you expect, you know, bridges to be blocked, radio stations to be bridges taken to over. Bridges to be stolen. Bridges to be stolen. Well, if there are bridges, you know what it's like. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Critical infrastructure to be brought under military oversight, let's say. Yeah. Well, what if I told send you... A guy, send a guy down to BBC News. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, t- that is how you would do it in the UK. It's just harder yeah. in the UK. Like, the, the UK military, like, there was all this stuff about, like, oh, would the military do a coup on Corbyn? I'm like, probably not. They probably wouldn't need to, not in that way anyway. Like, mm. his own MPs would have been perfectly happy to form an emergency, you know, national government of unity with the Tories. Like, yeah. they all, like, we can, we can tell, because uh, kids starver is a fucking thing at the moment. So, yeah, we know, we know yeah. what these fucking people are like. But, yeah, you would expect, like, actual soldiers on the street. So what, so what actually happened here was a, a note, a note was sent to the Prime They sent a memo to the Prime Minister. And, and which is true. They, they, like, the Chief of Staff at the time, which was Memdo Tamach, I think, he was like, I'm going to send, can we, can we send a memo to the Prime Minister, please? Yeah, just tell him to resign or I'm going to kill him. Okay, thanks. <laughs> like, it didn't really say that. It didn't really say that. It's not exactly what it said. No, I mean, that's, that, you wouldn't put that in a memo. That's more like for the card accompanying a bunch of flowers or something. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, can, we, can we get a strippergram sent to the Prime Minister, please? Can we have, uh, you need to resign immediately or else I will kill you, written on her. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that audio. Strippergram, but get her to do the bit from Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. No, it didn't send a strippogram. It was a memo. It was. It was. It's, it, this is a. This is what's called the 1971 Turkish coup by memorandum. This has happened more than once. Would you yeah. believe? <laughs> um, so, 
the the exact or translated Just imagine wording. imagine imagine being the guy like writing the history and you're like right okay so the the we're up to well, the Kubai memorandum and and some other guys like you probably put a date in front of that yeah just in case right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the um so the actual wording of it it was an ultimatum really from the armed forces that it it demanded and here's the quote the formation within the context of democratic principles of a strong and credible government almost strong and stable we almost got yeah. it which will neutralize the current anarchical situation and which, inspired by Ataturk's views, will implement the reformist laws envisioned by the Constitution, which is, you know, the liberalism and the, you know, the, the we're not going to arrest newspaper journalists for, you know, saying your shit. Uh, but, but also, like, in the context of democratic principles is an interesting thing from a general to the democratic government to be like, yeah, you're going to need to, you need to leave buddy like or else i'm gonna kill you basically i'm gonna fucking kill you is bait at the end of this anyway and yeah they want to put an end to the anarchy fratricidal strife and social and economic unrest i got news for you that's not going away yeah um if the and also if the demands were not met the army would exercise its constitutional duty which yeah just it's cost- things yeah, simply press the win button. Suleiman yeah. Demerol, why won't you press the win button? <laughs> yeah. Why won't you press the stop Brexit button, Suleiman? Why? Yeah, why, why, won't you stop, why, won't you, why won't you stop anarchical situation, Jeremy? Yeah, why won't, yeah Jeremy Corbyn, why won't you vote to stop the anarchy, fratricidal strife, and social and economic unrest in this country? Why won't you do it, Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah. Um, and, and so, 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 so Evan Demerol has like a meeting with his cabinet because he's got this moment. He's like, uh, this doesn't seem great. So he's like, cabinet, can we have a meeting? And he's like, he has like this three hour meeting with his cabinet where presumably everyone went, yeah, no, we're not going to get like shot by the army over this. Just fucking resign. It's not our problem yeah. anymore, is it? Like, <laughs> fucking let someone else fucking deal with it, right? That, like, imagine, imagine that meeting and they also have to try and talk them down from like fucking starving children. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Suleiman Demerol did starve a lot of children with his uh, horrible economic management. I mean, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, I think we talked about it in a bonus about how uh, Bilent Ejevit was like, well, the last government just took a bunch of loans, so I can't really do anything. <laughs> uh, that, that sounds incredibly familiar. <laughs> I know, but also at the same time, that guy was accused of being a communist and a terrorist in that same video. It's fucking yeah. insane. It's, it's, anyway. But I do think I do think we should draw like for the sake of not fucking do you know what I mean? Mm. Not making any political figure like seem like exaggerate how bad they are and make them seem much, much worse or comparable to some of the worst people. We should probably make it clear that there is a clear distinction between killing children as a result of economic mismanagement and uh, starving children as a result of economic mismanagement, sorry, and starving children as a matter of fucking stated policy. So. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So they're on Demero, actually, to the left of Keir Starmer economically, yeah. probably at this point. <laughs> on, despite... on, on, when it comes to when it comes to child starving, these are the facts. Yeah, <laughs> like know your know the know the candidates. So they're on yeah. Demero versus Keir Starmer. <laughs> That's the fucking meme we're gonna have to make for the Discord right there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> what am I doing? I'd be op- I'd be opening Photoshop at this very second. Well, not Photoshop, obviously, because I'm not fucking rich. But yeah, I'd be yeah. doing this at the very this very second if I hadn't taken my glasses off in an attempt to stop being distracted by like fucking what's going on on like social media. 
Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll get you a good picture of Suleiman Demerol for this. If you well, I won't later. be able to. I won't be able to see it at the moment, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think that I think one of him waving his hat is a pretty good one. One one weird trick to defeat ADHD. Just yeah, simply, simply podcast simply... with a blindfold on. Yeah, there is the guy <laughs> with the hat. Um, every bit the right wing populist there. Okay, I've opened the fucking confetti script again. That's not what I wanted. Right. Um, <laughs> so he has this meeting. He's like, right, okay. So we starve children by accident, and also we're resigning. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Isabel Inanu comes out, and he's like, yeah, the military shouldn't do this because it's not good. And, and by the way, Isma Inonu is still the leader of the Jehepeh. Um, it's 1971. He's still there. He is still fucking there. And uh, so, so there's, there's sort of like... We talk about the backdrop of the violence, right? Yeah. And... The sort, My least sort of, favourite kind of backdrop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everyone hates it when there's a backdrop of violence. So there are a few attributed reasons to the military finally sending this memorandum. Because you've got to remember, there's clearly been discussions in the background, because remember, there was the failed left-wing one, right? So yeah. clearly there's been conversations going on, and they had been going on for a while. I mean, you know, 1969, they almost did it, right? So there, there's clearly been, like, feelings that the situation has got out of control. So people genuinely believed that Demerol had just fucking lost, lost the plot. He lost grip of it. He's just lost. There was, no, like, it's like, you know, like... You, Pull, he's pulling on levers, but like nothing's happening. Nothing can happen. There's there's yeah. nothing. Like he, he's either pulling at the wrong ones, or they're just completely detached from reality. He can't do anything about it. Sitting and, in a cardboard rocket ship, someone made for him with like pulling like fucking switches. Yeah, there's um, there's also this. So, so martial law had been declared in Turkey, and when I say like martial law, I mean like in Turkey. It's different in different countries, right? So some countries have, like, a military police, heavily armed police. I mean, Turkey does have a heavily armed police as well. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But, like, martial law in Turkey means, like, the army... They got the army in. The thing that every, like, British middle-aged person wants. They got the yeah. army in. Like, yeah. they, they, they have fully got the army in. And they, they listen to every fucking, like, political... Every, every, well, I was going to say political journalist, but literally every fucking, like, everyone in the British media, no matter what they did, like, during the fucking riots. Yeah, like yeah. back in 2011, was it? Yeah, it was 2011. Yeah, just like fucking, you know what I mean? Or oh, we get, we get to see like Caitlin Moran and and all those fucking, fucking dipshits going like, yeah, well, it's time to get the fucking army in. Time to get like, these brave lads like these, onto these the street people... with rubber bullets. But like, whenever anything happens, the the like every these people like get the army in. Like when there was yeah. like when they were like, oh well, you know, we don't have enough like fucking vegetable pickers in the UK. Get the army in. Yeah. Do you think the army's like a, a like a well of reserve labor that already exists yes. in capitalism? It's called unemployed people. Like yeah. we already have that. Like, and there has to be a well of reserve labor to discipline employed people. But the thing accept- is, like, you know, like, yeah. come on. The thing is, like, the unemployed people aren't like aren't as patriotic as as our lads. Yeah, but like the thing, this but, is the thing, and also you would like in order to like actually get those unemployed people to do the fruit picking or veggie picking or whatever, you would have to pay them like actual yeah. money. Whereas mm-hmm. like so, you know, like getting the fucking TA in, or I think we only have the TA now to be honest. So like getting the TA in, it's fucking cheap by comparison, isn't it? Like <laughs> yeah, well, like I've said on fucking, I've said on Praxis Cast before that the British. The British, like, universal approach to problems is to get some stout lads in to yeet things. You know what I mean? Like, there's a flood, we need some sandbags yeeted. 
We've run out of food. We need some vegetables yeeted. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even like opposed to it conceptually. I just think it's very stupid that it's the number one thing that we go for every time something goes slightly wrong. That's yeah. my thing. But just wait until like the Russians invade and like all the commentary are calling for like fucking, I don't know, like more fucking fruit pickers or some shit to yeah. come and fight them. Yeah, the, yeah. We need to conscript the podcasters. And they just yeah. forgetting that every podcaster is either an aging centrist or a communist. Those are your two types of podcasters in the UK, I'm afraid. Uh, so, okay. At but, least one uh, of those groups would shoot at the Russians, though. Yeah, well, true. Anyway, um, we won't be specific as to which one. Uh, anyway, anyway. so the, my point about bringing the army in is the army are being brought in to try and control demonstrations and actually strike break, like break strikes and stuff like that. But the officers who are in charge of the soldiers are like, we don't want to fucking do this. Like, my soldiers don't want to do this. I don't want to fucking do this. Like, this isn't my, this isn't our fault. We're not the ones who fucked this. Although actually, arguably, the army is the one who fucked it by intervening in the first place. But they feel like this specific issue is not their fault, which, in fairness, they couldn't have known that Turkey would have elected Suleyman Demirel unless they had paid any attention at all to the country. Yeah. Ever. Like, (laughs) of course they were going to elect Suleyman Demirel, a person who is manifestly incapable of adding. No wonder he he fucked the economy. Anyway. anyway, have Have you considered that paying attention to what's going on in the world is fake and gay? Yes, I had, I had possibly considered that. We seem to consider that every time we mention yeah. doing something sensible, which is that it's fake and or gay. It's true. Yeah, uh, well, so, uh, the, uh, the other, so, so they're like, well, fuck, like, we don't want to do it, like, we can't fucking stop these people. Like, like also, some of them are our own soldiers, <laughs> like, to yeah. be honest. It's <laughs> like, what are we going to do? And then, like, some of the senior officers were like, nah, this liberal democracy thing, nope. We can't do it. We're going to have to do authoritarianism. Sorry. Like some of them are like, we just, need to, we just need to abolish democracy and then everything will be fine. Yeah, that, that, that will probably cause more problems. Luckily, that, well, that wasn't exactly what they did. But you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised to hear what, they, what solution they came up with, Jamie. You're going to love it. Go on. You are going to love it. No, no, I'm, gonna, I'm saving it for, for a All bit right. later. So the general public reaction to the coup was, well, we're not fucking surprised, are we? To be honest. <laughs> Because, like, of course not. Like, how th- this was obviously going to happen. And there was, sort of, uh, there was sort of different ideas about who was, who was doing it, right? So some people thought, oh, is it the sort of the Ba'athist, not Ba'athist, but, you know, like the, the sort of left socialist lot? That'd be kind of, you know, some people were like, that'd be kind of interesting. There's a lot of sort of space that opens up. Then some liberals were like, is it the reformist wing? You know, the... The sort of like the softer, the people who were like really in favor of the 1961 constitution, mainly the Air Force, which I don't think it was the Air Force if regular soldiers are the ones doing the coup. I'm just like, I'm going to threaten you with my F-16. This wasn't even an F-16 back then. I'm going to threaten you with whatever my airplane is that had propellers back then. I will bomb the parliament if you do not resign immediately. Yeah. But I have to drop the bomb hope, out by hope you like Messerschmitts. Yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah, so so they um, but it it turned out uh, that what the problem was that they thought Turkey was too communist. <laughs> it was it was the two they, they, it was the this, this country were too communist. They they thought like genuinely that like the communists were going to take over. 
basically they uh, they come into that they do the coup they will the government resigns and they're like Okay, well, the military is now going to restore law and order, and the first uh, action is to prosecute every member of the Workers' Party. Of fucking course it is, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, because they're carrying out communist uh, propaganda and they're supporting Kurdish people. And, like, in fairness, they were. But, like... Good for them. And good for them, yeah, like... Who gives a shit? Like, I'm not denying it. Like, they didn't fucking deny it either, to be honest. But that Kurdish separatism thing... Completely related to those uh, to those uh, groups that I neglected to mention in the last episode, but that we've mentioned now. The military high command also wanted to close every single youth organization affiliated with a group called Devgench, which is the Federation of Revolutionary Youth of Turkey. Uh, but they were originally this is the group that were originally founded as the Federation of Debate Clubs, the Twitch streamers. They're coming <laughs> after the Twitch streamers, folks. And they were they were blamed for all of the like left wing violence and stuff like that, and uh, and and also they started uh, suppressing university clubs and also doing searches in teachers unions offices, which is great. So uh, so uh, you you might be wondering, okay, well they went after the left. What did they do about the right? Did they do anything about all the right wingers who were involved in political violence? Well, it w- you would be surprised to know that they uh, they basically just sort of let them uh, go and assassinate left wingers without punishing them. What? Legit. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, like fucking. Only a matter of time before I think that gets enacted as policy over here. But... Yeah. Well. Yeah. But the um. But yeah. The the idea. The idea was that they. The army, well, the army and the section of society they represented saw like this emboldened left political movement is super important to suppress because they were demanding higher wages and better working conditions, and Those also fucking monsters. Yeah, exactly. They wanted kids to not starve. I mean, like for it's real, just, like, like just untenable, especially if the last guy spent all the money. Yeah, but this is before the last guy even spent all the money. This is even oh, well. before that, you know. So, Jamie, you it's might... just good forward thinking them. Yeah. So here's what they uh, they they wanted. Here's what their solution was. So imagine you are a commander of the Turkish military. You've just got Suleiman Demirel to resign. There's now yep. a power vacuum, right? There's no prime minister. There's no cabinet. Turkey is still nominally, legally speaking, governed by a cabinet. You could do the 1960 thing, have like a military supreme council that governs over the country and then does a bunch of reforms or whatever. But like, Turkish military tried that, right? And it led to this. So they're like, maybe we don't do like a military high command that, you know, dictates to the country this time because that feels like it doesn't work. And also, you gotta remember, this is contemporary with the Greek junta. So the colonels, the colonels regime. And... That regime was like notoriously, like completely dysfunctional. Like it, it, it did not like. They they looked at the Greek hunter and were like, because you know these people are all in NATO. They all know each other. You know they they all knew each other. And they and they're like, no, they've made a fucking bigger mess of it than the democratic government did here. Like <laughs> they've managed to fuck it despite having all of the power and all the institutions under their control, which is astonishing. But they did it. So. They, they sort of look at the parliament and they go, well, okay, so there's mostly conservatives in this parliament. There's mostly like, pol- like parties that don't really want to carry out all of the reforms. 
but we can kind of maybe model construct a government. Get this. A government that was non-partisan and above politics. It's a, nas- it's a national unity government, basically. A technocratic national unity government. It's, they've got fucking Dominic Grieven as prime minister. Wow. They, they've got him in. They finally, they've got Rory Stewart in. Now, the person they chose uh, is a fella by the name of Nihat Erim. And Nihat Erim is, uh, his role in all of the fucking lead up to 1980 is really, uh, really kind of under-investigated because his decisions that he makes as Prime Minister, and Jamie, if you're wondering what Nihat Erim looks like, uh, you'll see why I think the British centrist would love him if you just examine the amount of hair he has in this picture. So there he is. Uh, it's in the episode notes. Oh, wait, I forgot you're not wearing your glasses, but he's bald, is what I'm saying. <laughs> he's bald. Um, <laughs> he looks like... Um, he looks like... A fucking, do you know what I mean? The Russian spy master in any like film about the Cold War. He really does, yeah. He looks like he should be in Command and Conquer Red Alert. Like, yeah. just he does, he, you know, he doesn't have that look about him. So Nadarim is, uh, he, I think he was a lawyer. Even I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, he was a lawyer. Oh wow, they've got kid, they've got kid Starver in. Fuck, it's even, <laughs> it's even fucking worse than we thought. So this guy had been deputy prime minister back in the forties. You know, he, he, he'd, been, he'd been in and around government. He was a member of the Jehepe, right? He was a member of the Jehepe, and he was, uh, he was a close ally of Ismail Inonu, right? And he's acceptable to the Justice Party, because Justice Party are like, okay, this is a serious grown-up who is at least somewhat conservative. You know, that's what serious grown-up means in this context. Like, this guy seems like a serious grown-up. And uh, Ismail Inonu goes, okay, like... Uh, because he's part of the more, I want to say conservative faction of the Jehepe, but he's, he's, you know, because we talk about him in terms, in the like uh, earlier episodes in terms of like, he wanted to do statism instead of like liberalism, right? Yeah. But he's, he's not, politics is complicated. And you know, he was, and there's a reason why he was like such mates with Mussolini, right? Like there's a reason why the shit was going on. So he very much likes uh, Nihat Aram. He, his, his, basically his objection to the military intervention was that his mates might not get to be in power. It yeah, seems. I mean, that's an important concern. It is very important, yes. So, Erim appoints this uh, sort of a cabinet from completely outside parliament. You know, the parliament, not uh, the, the cabinet in Turkey doesn't have to be, well, didn't have to be, and probably doesn't now, actually, even more than before, now I think about <laughs> it, um, doesn't have to be members of parliament, right? It's not like here where, like, you have to be a member of parliament to be a minister. You can get any old asshole off the street, make him I mean, a fucking that minister, sounds, right? That sounds like the kind of like forward approach to solve the problem solving that Britain could do with. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, imagine if if your government could include like Brian Cox. Well, the thing fucking, is, as a cabinet member, not to be like the British constitutional understander, but you can do that in Britain. It's just that uh, you have to appoint them to the Lords if they're not an MP. Yeah. Which you know, fuck the lords, to be quite frank. But anyway, yep. look, I'm not. I'm not getting into. Not getting into it. We're not getting into it. So, so Nihad Aram comes in. And imagine, imagine Jeremy Clarkson as the minister for cars and racism. Fucking, fucking Christ, this, this <laughs> it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. So, um, Blen Ejevit was like incredibly angry at his own party. Resigns, right? Resigns from his party post. And Demerel is like, okay, everyone, 
we need to remain extremely calm while this happens because otherwise uh we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be in big trouble because remember this is because he spent all the pounds well yeah. not even that he didn't he didn't spend enough pounds to stop the communism from happening turns out if you want to invest in preventing communism you need to spend money yeah damn so it's almost as if the marshall plan was specifically done in order to make European economies recover and prevent the spread of communism in Europe. Who's to say? Is losing my mind here reading about this. So, Hatterim comes into government, and as you might, you might imagine, it's not exactly a greatly stable government, considering that it's coming off the back of a military note saying, you have to implement these reforms or else we will come and shoot you. And now he's now in charge of implementing the reforms, otherwise he will be shot. Actually, spoiler alert, he will be shot later. Yeah. Uh, but not by the military. He'll, he'll be shot by uh, a different group. That's where we're at now. We now have a technocratic, slightly conservative government in Turkey. Wow. That's uh, it's the It's the centrist dream, right? The army has been brought in, and now there's a, a, a technocratic, right, uh, like, conservative government. What? Wow. Wow. How did that happen? Yeah. Now there is a whole uh, aftermath to this where there's a massive clusterfuck basically but that is going to be another episode because it is it's a lot, there's a lot that happens right, we can't can't really start it but Nihat Erem's government is uh, it is not one that went fantastically well and also, it was really anti-left. Now, I wonder if it being anti-left is going to be relevant to events that happen later, but then precipitate possibly another military coup nine years later. <laughs> Perish the thought. I, w- I wonder what's going to happen, right? So, that, that's where we're at. We're, we're, we've, got, we, you know, we, we've got our fantasy technocratic cabinet. I wonder if I can find the list of people who are in that cabinet, because I bet they were fucking dickheads. I guess we'll look at it next time. We'll look yeah. at the list of we'll look at the assholes next time. But that that's where we're at. We are at technocratic military kind of military backed government. They're still they're still not hundred percent sure about him. He was a member of the JHP after all. Yeah. You can never be too sure. You know, what if they were secretly communist? What then? What yeah, I mean it could be anybody, couldn't it? That's the that's the uh, the, the that's worrying the... thing about communists. Yeah, that is that is the trick, isn't it? It could be it could be anyone. Anyone could be a communist. You don't know. They yeah, don't look like, a particular like way. Body snatchers or something. That's right. They look like actual people. Mm-hmm. Which it's is like, this... to give a more modern reference, it's like Marvel's Secret Invasion, which uh, <laughs> if anyone hasn't watched yet, is the worst fucking dog shit I've seen them put out. I think it, it's not my favorite. I won't lie. My partner's been watching it in the background while I'm writing stuff, and I'm like, this is pretty fucking shit. It's like. It's honestly, like, for, I mean, I, I fucking, for reasons I can only ascribe to fucking, like, deep-rooted masochism, I watched all of fucking uh, WandaVision. Oh. And this is far worse somehow. But, like, the the array of fucking talent in the cast is it just makes it fucking, like, very distressing. You sit watching all these people and it's like, I know you're all better than this, please. Just, like, fucking, do you know what I mean? Just, just do, do something anything good. else. Yeah. Do something good. Do, do something better with your time. Samuel Jackson, if you're listening, do something yeah. better with your time. But okay, we, we, should, we should really wrap it up, because otherwise it's going to become a film podcast. Uh, so everyone, make sure you check out the bonus episode this week. Uh, we've done our recording a bit differently for reasons. 
that we don't need to get into specifically. So, um, <laughs> I just I was about to get into it specifically, but we have done yeah. it different. So the next bonus will be on last time it was meeting the fascists. This time we will meet the communists, and I'll put in the TF music and everything. It'll be very fun. Okay, everyone, catch you next time. See ya. See ya.